0: Hello and welcome to the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by Alicia Smith and a special guest that quite honestly wouldn't have been on this episode if it weren't for the current state of things with Black Lives Matter. And not because she isn't absolutely qualified to be an amazing guest and share some great tips and stories for our listeners, but just because she wasn't on our list yet, But that's what I want to change. Since the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement, I realized I could do a better job supporting our Black and Brown coaches. In our little world, I any mean, one way I could do that was to share their voices more often on our podcast. Because to me, coaches are coaches. We're united by a desire to grow strong young athletes as people. who are almost unanimously competitive, often at least a bit Type A, and always willing to do what it takes to help those we serve. I want everyone to have the opportunity to join this rewarding profession, especially more black female coaches like today's guest. And it's been proven time and again throughout history, if they can see it, they can be it. So it's our responsibility as hosts of a show that reaches speakers and earbuds of thousands of coaches each week to share some of these voices. And with guests like this one, it's truly my honor. In just four and a half short seasons, she's brought the Illinois team back to the national spotlight, taking the team to regionals three of four seasons, not counting 2020 because no one counts that. <laughs> and now she and her staff look to continue the upward trend and keep leveling up. She'll share that journey today, as well as what she's learned so far as part of the Big Ten's Anti-Hate and Anti-Racism Coalition. So without further ado, please welcome Illinois head coach, Tyra Perry. Welcome, coach.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: So happy to have you, coach. So before we jump into our usual talks about culture, because we definitely want to hear how you're doing things with Illinois, I would love if you would share with us your experience with race, diversity, and inclusion from your perspective in the softball world. What's going on right now?
1: Yeah, I, I believe we're at a, a pivotal uh, point in history yet again. Um, I say yet again because uh, I'm approaching 45 and uh, just, I thought I knew everything about my parents and my parents' experience, you know, as far as, you know, they're approaching 67 and how they grew up. And, you know, I'm from a small town in Louisiana called Zachary, Louisiana. and. They grew up here as well. So I I thought I knew everything about them. We went, I went to the same high school that, you know, they went to. And uh, so now with everything that's going on, you know, and that's been brought to the forefront because of Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor and uh, George Floyd, we've had even more in-depth conversations in my family, which I think is amazing. Uh, Those conversations have also spilled over into my friend groups, uh, my coaching friends, some that I've had for years, um, you know, we've been able to have really strong, real conversations about what it's like to be black in America, what it's like to be a black woman in America, um, which is spilled over into gender you know issues, and just you know it's been it's been really great to have real conversations. Uh, A lot of which has caused me to reflect just on myself as a person, you know. Um, I've really started digging in and diving into educating myself uh, on my history um, as a black woman and, you know, um, voters rights and, um, you know, the ending of slavery and, you know, I was introduced to Juneteenth, you know, which is a kind of a new, it's not new, but it's kind of, newly uh, out there, um, you know, in in society, but uh, in American culture, but uh, I was, I was in college before I'd even heard of Juneteenth, Juneteenth. And um, you know, a LSU basketball player said, Hey, we're going to the black student union. Do you want to go? And I was like, what's that? You know? Yeah. And uh, you know, I had an opportunity to go with her and uh, we were celebrating Juneteenth. So I had an opportunity to, to learn about that part of history you know, and uh, so I think it's great, just the opportunity to talk openly about diversifying your your world, like your friend groups, so that when different issues arise, you're able to have a position and a point of empathy, as opposed to just speaking out of one experience and that there's a, a chance for unity and a change of hearts and, you know, things that I think are going to be very important. And if we miss this opportunity, it'll be, it'll come back again, you know, because again, my parents were part of marches and, you know, different things and, you know, back in their day and some things I think came, became better, but there's still, you know, some issues that are still, still out there. So once we figure out how to, diversify our groups and really treat everyone well i think the words of the founding fathers will mean the same to everyone you know that you know this is a chance for everyone to to be treated equally so i know it's a long explanation but um (laughs) with the big 10 i want to hit this part too with the big 10 um anti-hate anti-racism coalition i'm honored to to have um, been asked to become a part of that uh, we've had two meetings so far, and I guess the biggest <laughs> shock I had was when Commissioner Warren called me, and uh, <laughs> I didn't even know I was on—you know—had been nominated for it, um, or or you know, put up for it. So when I answered my phone and it was him, I was so excited that you know to hear from him because he's he's new. You know, we've had the same commissioner for a really long time in the Big Ten, so it's great to hear from him. And he personally, you know, I guess, called everyone to ask them if they would like to, to, to be a part of that you know, important group. I actually kind of like the word coalition too. This <laughs> is super random and I don't know why, but I was just like, oh yeah, that's cool. Uh, so our initiatives are um, forthcoming. We're working on you know, kind of organizing, but one of the main points that has um, uh, already been discussed in detail uh, is is getting young people to vote you know voter registration, so I've talked to my team I've been in communications with the coaches at U of i just about their teams and and every person that's a part of the group you know all the big ten representatives are going back to their you know programs and talking to our players about the importance of voting and learning about the different candidates and making your own choice and not just voting for president, you know making sure that we understand how government works here and that you know it's more than just the president. You know, every time that there's an election, you should vote. So, uh, we're doing yeah. a lot there, and there's more to come.
0: Oh, it's so good, and you're so right. Coalition is way cooler. I said committee earlier, and as soon as you <laughs> said, I was like, Wait, I gotta I correct like that.
1: <laughs> I've heard that word in a while, and I, I'm glad it's brought back. So, <laughs> I agree, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, at least I'll let you kick off with our usual culture questions now. Let's weave right into that.
2: we right into that. So so, how, Coach, would you currently describe the culture of your current program at Illinois?
1: I would say family. Um, you know, we're very family-oriented. I was talking to someone earlier today, and um, they were asking me about the coronavirus and how it's affecting us. And um, I just, you know, said, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's a very strange time. Uh, and when I get into what we've lost because of the coronavirus you know you can kind of get a little depressed just about you know you're in march and you're traveling back from a big win against missouri was our case we've just beaten missouri two to one and um you know not even 24 hours later we're finding out that our season is ended has ended that was our last game and our last time together because we had to cease and desist you know so (laughs) Uh, we had to get out of, got to get out of town, and they put locks on the doors, basically. So, um, you know, so it was a, it was an abrupt ending uh, that kind of really affects you in all kinds of ways. Um, so when I when I was asked this morning about you know how how are you doing, I was thinking about that, and then I quickly shifted to, well, I'm healthy, you know, my family's healthy, and then I said my kids are healthy, and I I don't have my own kids, you know, so I had to clarify my players are healthy, you know, to that particular person. So um, because because I do think of my players as my my kids, as my family, I care about each and every one of them, you know, as people. Um, Again, this time of of distance from them has made the heart grow fonder for sure. Like even some of those ones that maybe don't exactly match up with you (laughs) (laughs) and how you think and feel or you know, or, or whatever, I really, you know, I really miss all of them and all their quirks and all their, you know, different sides. And um, my my thought and my my uh, hope when a young player graduates from a program that I've been put in charge of is that they are strong. This building strong women that that have their own thoughts and opinions and feelings and that can express themselves um in any way that they they need to in any environment that they're put in and that can you know push for any job goal you know that they have in front of them so so we we definitely want to win uh we definitely work hard in my program uh in in the culture of our program but it's most important about the people are most important in the family aspect so I think sometimes that can get lost, you know, and I always have to kind of center myself back, you know, because the Big 10 is tough. Uh it's tough, and then when I was at Ball State, you know, at the MAC, you're at the top of the MAC, you want to stay at the top of the MAC. I took over a program that was at the top, you don't want to let it fall on your watch, you're trying to reach further, you know, as far as getting into the NCAA tournament, so it's easy to lose sight of the people that, you know, um get these things done. But um you know, I have to center myself and get get back to it. And every time I'm able to do that, it's never let me down. So, um, but, you know, that's how you get invited to the weddings and the the baby showers, <laughs> you know, and, and I've been coaching 20 years now. So having the, that part, the the alumni interaction part, you know, seeing our players, you know, come out on the other side and and, you know, have their families and have their professions and they're happy and they understand why you pushed them so hard or you work so hard. That is the most rewarding aspect of this job and is the most important part. I, I think so, too. And you said something that
2: reminded me of my kids, the quirks like I miss the goofiness at practice, like the in-between drills and just the kids make me laugh. And and I just, I love that time. And I think that's the time I miss them. So of course, I'm super competitive. Of course, I love winning and winning is awesome. But I miss that just everyday interaction with them because they're just, they're just great kids. And like you said, I, I have a wedding invitation on my on my table for September. So that's the cool part. I love that. Super part. cool. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah, so I wanted to go back a little bit, Coach, and talk. You had mentioned empathy, and I think that that's something that is so important to really help our kids learn about and and teach them and, and give them examples. How do you kind of teach that and reinforce that in your culture as, as a part of your everyday everyday life there at Illinois?
1: Oh, you know, empathy is a, a interesting thing, you know, because there's sympathy, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, we're we're actually about to have a team call after after I get off of the, pod, the podcast uh, at one o'clock. So, you know, part of what we're doing, we actually had our players go through a personality quiz. And um, so we're going to put them into different groups and um, we're actually trying to mix them up, you know, and sometimes in the past when I've done personality quizzes, uh, we put the same kids together. But this time we are like, okay, let's mix them up. Let's put, you know, different people uh, in different groups and we're gonna ask them a series of questions uh, based on different scenarios and situations and have them talk within their groups about how they would respond to it. So um, I think it's going to be super interesting. You know, <laughs> you have the introvert, you know, with the extrovert, you know, and they're talking about this one situation and how they would handle it and you may see two totally different outcomes, um, you know, but they may have the same result, you know, yield the same result. So, or, or they may be two totally different ends of the spectrum and they actually have the same thoughts on how to handle things. So I just, I think building community, you know, opportunities where uh, players can see each other as people embrace the um personalities and the quirks and the differences and figure out that you can talk and work through anything you know if you respect that person and understand their heart you know for you so we we try to create as many activities as possible that um help uh the empathy come about you know or we even we even do book clubs you know we're doing that right now um and you know we're encouraging they could read any book they wanted, but some, one of our players said, "I, you know, she's a, a white player and she said, I wanted to read this book about, you know, this black kid and, and their story, you know, it's just like, that's something I never would have done before. But, and this is a book she picked for herself and she's just like, I want to know more, you know, about it. And uh, I've had a, a conversation yesterday with a former player that's a coach now, and she's a white coach and she has a, a mixed group uh, with her team. And she's just like, coach, I want to talk to my players, you know, about, you know, building relationships and what's going on in the world, but they're in high school. And, you know, I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but I want to be fair, you know? So talking, learning, really getting to know each other, really developing a deep care and concern for the person near you, around you, and people in this world, I think helps with the empathy piece.
2: Yeah, I don't think you could have said it any better. I I just think that having hard, because sometimes we're having hard conversations, right? Because we don't know sometimes on how to even approach the subject without stepping on anyone's toes. And I think that the fact that we're just starting to try and give each other some grace, right? So it's okay, you know, let's have a hard conversation. But if we just, I think we need to do that more in the world. If we just take a step back and have some empathy and really just listen. And really hear what people are saying about everything instead of jumping to conclusions and just assuming, oh, yeah. I think, is and that's hard to teach them. But I, I really believe this generation that we're coaching now has the ability to really make changes in the world. And I think that they're really set up for that. And I think that they really want to. It's the most diverse generation in history. And I think that's nothing but an advantage. And I would really hope to, to see, like, that's why I do this, right? I, and I know that's what you just said. That's exactly why you do it, to build these really strong women and encouraging them to vote and understanding why. Not only is it important as a right, but just important not to really, that's how you, you know, that's one avenue for your voice to be heard. So I applaud you for that. But I just, I just think that's awesome. And I think it's really difficult. It's the most challenging thing, I think, as coaches that we, we have. It's, it's not the X's and O's of the game.
1: No, that's the easy part. Sometimes.
2: Sometimes. You're right. You're right. Comparatively. Comparatively.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least I have a playbook for the I plays. Do. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I had one follow-up question on making sure we keep tabs on these relationships and keep in touch with the girls and keep feeling the empathy when you said it I totally get it It, things get busy mid-season and you're focused on the scout and everyone's stats and figuring out the lineups (laughs) how do you you said you can check in and center yourself how do you do that and also make sure your staff and your players can do it as well
1: yeah and I I don't know exactly exactly what kind of podcast this is but I I'm a Christian so (laughs) I yeah I I go to that you know so I meet with um our FCA director, she meets with coaches, so she'll meet with me uh weekly and um and then she'll she'll check me, you know, she's just like, you know, are you, you know, are you taking care of your players? You know, are you uh or she'll tell me, she played basketball in college. Um so she'll just throw a story out there about how you know, her coach spoke to her one way and you know, it, it it affect you know, and I and I think of her as a really strong you know lady, and um and then it affected her this way, and, and she'll say, well, then the coach will come back and say this to me, and it it affected you know her in a different way. So it makes me think about my words and what I'm saying, you know, and I also have to remember that I'm like I said, going on 45, and I played 20 something years ago, and the way things were then is not necessarily how they are now. And the way players respond and learn uh, now is not even, you know, close to how it was. And you can't just say, because I said so, or this is how we do it, or, you know, um, and it's fine. You know, so I think once I kind of got to that point of, not that I ever kind of did like, because I said so, but you know, I kind of maybe had that in my head, um, because I know this, and I did this, and you haven't yet, you know, so, I had to get off of that and get away from that and it'll still try to creep in sometimes and understand that the way players learn now is fine it's good this it just is and i have to adjust i'm the one that has to make you know those adjustments if i want to um, be an effective coach if i want to have their trust which you know again in the long run that's what it's about and i've seen that happen i saw that you know, we, we both know Hannah and I saw that in her in her team uh, her senior year. They they really started to trust me. I really started to trust them. And then we just played the game together You know, I didn't play, but we were working together for a common goal with no uh, distractions or dissension. We we're all it was all of us, you know, Ball State, the Cardinals, and we were against the other team. So, you know, figuring out how to get that going, you know, and getting the, the team to be together and it should never be, you know, me on one side and my staff and the team on the other side. Thinking that way gets me centered and back on track uh, because, again, you get in the middle and you're coaching or you have a kid that's just kind of not getting it, you know, sucking all your energy out and or sucking the energy out of the team it's easy to kind of get more focused on that because the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Right. But, you know, you still also have to make sure that you're taking care of that one person, but not neglecting the greater good.
2: I think sometimes as coaches like that to me is like promised land, you're all on the same page and you're fighting for the same goal. And and a lot of people have asked me in the past, how do you do that? And if I swear, if I had the magic fairy dust to, to sell in a bottle, I would, I would, right? It would be that easy. But sometimes it's just, I think you, you, you do have to go through those trials and tribulations, but you also have a coach as a coach. It's really important that you do take that time to reflect and self-center because I do the exact same thing, coach. I, I get so distracted by those those little the the player incident or the fact that they missed 17 grab balls in one game and it's just like you just for you know it's so hard and I think it's awesome that you have someone to talk to once a week because Mel's my person during the season she she has been a coach in the past she's currently not coaching now but totally gets it And sometimes I just need to get it out yeah and she might either just say "Well, you stop whining and get back to coaching or like she or just be she just understands you know and I think I think that that having somebody else is so important to to just re-
1: help you get centered and reflect on I just thought of something too I have a more basic answer also I love movies <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's so many times I will leave the softball field and go straight into the movie theater or I'll leave practice uh like a game or practice mm-hmm. leaving the field go straight into the movie theater and living in champagne it's beautiful we have two and I can just look between the two and You know, if somebody tracked my phone hours, and a lot of it is on Fandango, trying to figure out, you know, and match up uh, movie times. So I also do that just to, you know, clear my head and I'll watch almost, you know, anything that's not, you know, crazy or or horror. I don't like horror films. (laughs) um, You know, just to kind of transport myself out of, I'm I'm a deep thinker. I've learned that about myself. I'm a really deep thinker. Um, so if I don't go and kind of take myself away, I will get consumed, you know, into just the things that ultimately don't even matter. So, yeah. So movies. That's a good one.
0: I totally get that. (laughs) I just need to turn off my thinking brain and just watch this movie for a while.
1: Yeah. And I just get, you know, engrossed in whatever's on the screen and make sure that I'm not thinking about how Michigan just beat us.
0: I feel you. I feel you. All right, I got a question about being a program on the rise. So you've been there five years now, I believe. So I feel like you've established your culture. Each team brings in their own. How do you keep leveling up and keep them moving forward while still staying like true to your core?
1: That's an excellent question, and we're in the process of figuring that out. You know, as we speak. Um, I just had a staff meeting before this call and that's a lot of you know what we were speaking about just how do we continue our growth um the short answer to that is keep getting in good pitching Uh, (laughs) level up the pitching you know i love that term um because softball has a you know you could be an okay coach and have excellent pitching and still make a lot happen but um Yeah, just, we are talking about that a lot. You know, when we first got to Illinois, there was a just excellent group of young women that I love. Um, So I didn't even have to go through the whole transition piece with those guys because I couldn't have picked them better myself. And I came into a situation where the coach retired. So it wasn't this, you know, mess or, you know, weirdness. She was there for 16 years. She got things started and moving in a great direction and then got out of softball. So the young ladies that she had there, it was kind of similar to Ball State. They were a good team, had a solid core. They just hadn't gone to the postseason in quite some time. So we made that our focus and our calling card. So now that we've gone, uh, we've gone three years out of the five, but this year obviously was COVID cut. So don't exactly count it, but um, we talk a lot about just, not if we've gone, that's good, but that should be the norm. You know, we are a postseason team, uh, but we have the makings of a top 25 team. You know, we ha- we've had votes, we've been in there for periods of time, but we should be a top 25 team. We also talk to them about the facts. Uh, teams that host have a exponentially higher chance of winning. In the NCAA tournament, well, I think it's it's a true stat in general. But um, when it comes to the NCAA postseason, if you look at most of the teams that actually make it all the way to the World Series, they generally were hosts. They host to during you know throughout the time they hosted in regional play, they hosted in supers. So if we want to get ourselves, you can you can upset, you can still get there, obviously. But if you want to give yourself the best chance of getting into the World Series uh, arena. Then you've got to, you know, during the regular season, have a body of work that merits hosting. Um, we have a great situation in that we're right in the middle of the country. And, you know, I think it's, you've seen a trend towards more regional pairings. You know, it's called regionals, but sometimes you'd see some weird pairings. But I think as of the past few years, you really see a true region, regional um, setting in the postseason. So we would be a great place, you know. I think we would, you know, if we put our, our resume together and and we do our jobs, then you know, Urbana, Urbana-Champaign would be a great place to host. We're surrounded by airports, easy to drive to, by several schools. So, you know, so we're talking about that. We talk openly about it, um, you know. Obviously, in chunks because you don't want a team to get too pressured or too focused on you know something like that. The outcome of that, we talk more about the process of getting. You know those things, making those things happen. But we're just super open. You know, nothing's off the table. We'll talk about it. You know, and we talk about RPI. We talk about you know like the the big games. You know, and versus the midweek type game. You know, and how they all matter, and and how they matter, and how they're calculated. And you know, I've been on the All American committee. I'm on. I've been on regional committees and. So I know how all of those things work, and we we break it down to them, and we we tell them.
0: I love the transparency because I think a lot of coaches are like afraid of the pressure it brings, but <laughs> everyone knows it. So I feel like there's pressure anyway. If you don't talk about it, they're gonna make it up in their own head. So I like just being open and honest. This is what RPI is. This is how this game helps and that game helps.
1: Yeah, we we do a we do a tutorial on it. I've learned too. I, I went and did my own research over the years, and so and I make sure that I stay up to date, and you know those sorts of things. But yeah, we talk openly.
2: So, Coach, how do you how do you prepare your players then for those pressure situations?
1: I'm still working on that too, <laughs> figuring that mm-hmm. out. Um, and I think each individual is different. Um, you have those ones, you know, that are just natural that way. I'd love to take credit for like say a a Hannah Studeman or Nicole Evans, you know, that plays played for us at Illinois. I'd love to take credit for those guys, but they, they really, you know, the best thing I could do is stay out of their way, you know, let them do their thing, let them rock. So, um, you know, there's that. And then um, just, we do a lot of visual. I think a lot of our players these days are visual learners. So um, we actually watch, um, stories on players that you know talk about their own journeys and you know like uh a Chris Bryant, you know, we're in cub Country, uh, so we'll we'll show something on, you know, Chris Bryant or um uh, just any anybody, you know, that kind of has overcome or came through or, you know, had a journey. Um uh, we we use not even just sports related, you know, uh, examples for that. This past fall we watched a series um on a group of uh people they're regular citizens but they signed up for navy seal training and um it was about a seven series seven episode series on hulu and i can't think of the name of it for whatever oh the selection series that's what it was called we watched the entire thing with our team and uh had different discussions on it and um so it was a group regular citizens they were trained by there was a a group of Navy SEALs that would bring them in and take them through different aspects of what they had to go go through, and it was interesting. Some people like signed up for it, did all this work to get there, and then dropped out the first day. You know, so it gave you and and granted they were doing some crazy stuff, but you know you knew what you signed up for. You it was voluntary, like you you went there, and yet you couldn't work as a team. You couldn't push yourself through. You couldn't make it through a day. And so just we watched the entire thing and you know they we had uh discussions on who we thought would make it to the end and why somebody couldn't make it and um there were sisters you know like so if you're there not just for yourself you know like sometimes you may have a team that has you know you may have sisters on a team and how they're tied together and their dynamic uh one sister probably could have made it a few other days but she ended up dropping out early because her sister you know the other sister could make it so we, we put stuff and things in front of them visually and uh, talk about it and um, try to try to create scenarios outside of um, the actual game on the line and um, show them that they can do it. Um, I guess the other way would be in practice you know we have drills that you know if you probably say to Hannah a 100 point drill, she knows that drill and you know just some really tough drills. You <laughs> that- gave her that one. Yeah, that came from you because we
2: do that all the time, and she and loves I learned it from Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> she loves that drill. That's an awesome one.
1: Yeah, so it's tough, you know, and you're you're booking it, and it's 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 everything, you know. You have a time limit on you. You're working together. You're on different teams, but you're working together as a team. So we do a lot of drills uh, that in that way that aren't just reps, you know, that uh, help prepare for pressure also. So good.
0: Yeah. I learned that from Alicia and I can't wait to use it. Cause that's probably a good one.
2: <laughs> I absolutely love that drill. That is like, and Han- when Hannah explained it to me, I'm like, I can't wait to see this. And boy, it's so interesting during that drill to see what the kids do to come up with ways to be faster. And yes. we are completely out of it. Right. Yeah. We are. Hannah's front tossing behind the screen and I'm, I'm recording the, the points and, and to watch them, you know, it's been cool to really see how some of how innovative they have been when they're working together to, yes. to become faster. So I thank you for that drill. that's <laughs> awesome.
1: Yeah, I can't, I didn't create it, but yes. I. Used so it. we
2: stole it from you and you stole it from someone. Well, that's how softball is. You steal stuff from other coaches. We share. We, yeah. we share. We share. We don't steal. We yeah. share. That's right. That's You're a better spearing.
1: word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. It's one of my favorites.
2: <sighs>
0: okay, well, i keep you on here forever, but I'll be respectful of your time. <laughs> Already over if you could give one last piece of advice to coaches trying to build a strong culture what would you tell them
1: uh, i think uh have a plan you know i think you have to um have a a year-long plan and then a, a three-year projection and then a five-year projection is kind of how i worked out at it and i don't know how much you guys know about my background but i um started out at nickel state transferred to LSU uh, going into my junior year. So I had a year to sit out. And um, while I was sitting out at LSU, uh, it was myself and one other young lady that were signed on as the two, we were the two softball players walking around LSU's campus. And we often got, so we have a softball team? I'm like, yeah, we do now. <laughs> because the SEC decided at add, add softball. Uh, you know, so before then, South Carolina was the only SEC, you know, school with softball but in 96, you know, everyone came on board. So we were the two two players walking around campus. So we had to host every single player, you know, that came in that weekend. We were adjusting to a new campus and new school, uh, both myself and the other young lady, we were from Louisiana, but, you know, I'd never really been on LSU's campus and I only lived, you know, 40 minutes away, grew up 40 minutes away, never really been on the campus. So it was new to me and it was exponentially larger than Nickel State, you know, so we were adjusting. We were hosting people and showing them around a campus that we didn't know ourselves and knew no one <laughs> either. You know, we didn't even know we didn't even know the other athletes. So you know, so it was it was an interesting uh, it was an interesting challenge, but it helped me when I went into coaching because I got to talk to my coach about ordering uniforms, recruiting, um, building a facility. know so I I had an inside look and that was before I even knew for sure I wanted to coach because I was originally in nursing Um, so I was just kind of picking all these things up and um, her staff she you know she brought one coach with her from Nickel State uh, to start at LSU but then she had to hire so I got to kind of see the inside track of hiring Um, so just you know, from there I was able to develop a philosophy and I didn't even realize I was doing it at the time, but I was able to develop a philosophy and just about everything, like everything matters. You know, how do I want my facility to, to look, to function? How do I want, you know, my team structure? Um, you know, my coach wanted a fast, she had a group of, uh, that was, you know, the speed group and then she had power, you know, mixed in. So that's how, you know, her system worked. I mean, if you have a certain system but you don't have, you don't recruit the players to work that system, then, you know, your system could be great, those players could be great, but it's not gonna ultimately, you know, yield the best results. So just the finer points, you know, really knowing who you are, really knowing what you're about, uh, understanding every facet, you know, and at this level, I don't have to groom the field. You know but my first job i was on the groomer and we're putting the lines down no ever I, I would never trade that i'm so thankful just to know every single aspect so you know as a new coach figure everything out no matter you know what point you're entering in. if you're entering as a first time you're in a power five you know and i have you know some coaches that are on my staff right now their first job was a power five job but I talk to them constantly about like educating yourself about everything, you know, go, go talk. If you ever want to be a head coach you know, at some point, educate yourself about everything, write it down too. my philosophy is written down. I constantly review it and upgrade, you know, uh, update it for different things. Uh, you know, again, cause times change and theories on hitting change and, and everything. And, um, uh, make sure you're surrounded by people that you can trust so hiring wise one of my main things i may one of my main objectives i may slack a little on the x's and o's part you know with with a particular candidate if i know that i can trust him or her you know to support me obviously they need to know something and have a certain <laughs> efficiency proficiency in in softball but um you know, I may I may drop a little bit on that if if they're just a great person of character. I know that I can trust them. You know, just to support me, the team, uh, uh, have a great presence in the community, um, interact well with our colleagues. You know, with our around the athletic department. You know, those things are first, and then you know we'll fill in some of the the softball side if necessary. Hopefully, you get someone with both, but. That would be my, you know, advice and and then love your, love your players. Like really, really love them and really try to figure out who they are and uh, understand that sometimes it's going to be a difficult task because there are going to be some that truly test you or that you truly just don't, you know, don't vibe with, you know, there's going to be some that just don't, or they're, they're, they're constantly changing. If you're coaching, I would imagine this is true of high school, but I didn't coach high school, but in college you realize that, The kid you recruited was in high school and in their parents' household and had a certain, you know, they were in a certain stage of their life at the time that you were recruiting them. And then when they get to college, they're on their own for the first time. They're figuring out who they really are and what they really think, you know, possibly, potentially outside of their parents completely, some, you know, with some, you know, different variations of influence. And they, and they're changing. So, and that's fine, (laughs) you know? And so I know I used to get really, you know, when I first started coaching, I would get really stuck on, wow, this isn't the kid I recruited. This isn't the kid I was talking to. And I remember, remember, well, that kid was 16 and this person is now 20, you know? So, um, of course they're going to change and some it's a big change, you know? And so just having that, understanding that and letting that happen and making sure that it's okay.
0: And that is a wrap for today. If you don't already follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram, now would be a great time. In honor of our upcoming 100th episode, we're going to do a podcast blitz. We'll be sharing a couple of our most downloaded episodes each week leading up to our big episode. In addition to new releases, of course episode 100 is going to be special too, but more on that later. Just please ignore the program invites on old episodes. The only services we currently offer are player and coach boot camps. So if you want to learn more about those, head to mentalspeedspot.com forward slash bootcamps, and otherwise just ignore the old stuff. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us. Hope you enjoy this blitz and the upcoming episodes and have a
1: great day.